we are kicking off today back into that series we began last week and it's called What on Earth Am I Here For? We're tackling the big question of purpose. Why did God create you? Why did God create me? Is it, is it for just nothing? Is it to, like I said last week, to get married, buy a house, have two and a half kids and a white picket fence? Or is there more to life than that? Uh, and I want to tell you today there is. We have been created by God for a purpose. We're working through a book that uh, Rick Warren wrote, a pastor in America wrote over 20 years ago. It sold over 35 million copies. It's been rewritten with this name, What on Earth Am I Here For? And to, we're working through it in our small groups. We're work, working through it in our con- connect groups. Many people have bought the book and it's 40 days of reading. And so I want to encourage you to just le- leap into this right now. So last Last week, we learned a few important things. We learned that every one of us are, call, are called by God for His purpose. Every single one of us, we're, we're called. Now, I made a mistake last week, and I apologize to Stevie Wonder. I credited uh, uh, Lionel Richie for the song I just called to say I love you. It was Stevie Wonder. Th- those of you who noticed, I apologize from the outset. All right. But you are called by God. All right. That, that God chose every one of us for a purpose before the earth was created. He designed you and I with the call in mind that he specifically has for us. That that calling is a gift from God. It's not something that I can earn or achieve. It's something that God gives to me. The great news is that my calling is not changed or altered by the mistakes that I've made. My past does not disqualify me from God's purpose or calling for my life. We learned that the catalyst that kickstarts our calling, or God, God shaped us for our calling at the, before the world was created, but what kickstarted is when we become born again, when we receive Christ into our life, we become a new spiritual creation with spiritual gifts, and at that moment, we begin the journey of our calling. Uh, and we also discovered that the way we work out our calling is through relationships. I want to tell you today that God's purpose for you is far greater than any of us could ever imagine. It's, the, it's more satisfying than anything that you could ever understand. And so I want to encourage us that we surrender to God to discover what that calling actually is. And so what we're going to look at over the next five weeks is five different aspects of the calling that God gives for us. We discovered last week that our career is different to our calling, although our career might be a part of our calling, our calling is way bigger. It's more than just a job. It's more than just what you do. It's way bigger. And we're going to learn about five of those things. And so today we're going to learn about the first aspect of the calling of every person watching right now. All right, everyone here in this room. And we'll start with the scripture in Ephesians chapter 1, and it says this, Long ago, even before he made the world, God loved us, and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. That's good news right there. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ, and this gave him great pleasure. So the very first purpose of my life that we can get from that is this, it's to be loved by God. You and I were created firstly and foremostly to be loved by God. Now this is huge. 
This is actually so deep. We, we gotta let this sink into us. My first purpose of my life is not to serve God. The first purpose of my life and your life is not to obey God. It's not, uh, it's not even to love God, although that's part of it. The purpose of your life and my life, our first calling is actually to be loved by God. Now, those of you who've got children, okay, you've either chosen to or had the privilege of having children, I can't imagine there was a day where you sat down and thought, oh, geez, I need someone to mow the lawn. Let's have kids. Oh, oh, wow, the dishes, I'm sick of them. Let's just, let's get a kid, all right? There's a lot cheaper ways to get the dishes done than to have children, okay? Uh, I don't think any of us sat around and said, you know what, not even the flipping dog won't obey me. No one at my work does what I say. Let's have kids so I can have somebody to do what I tell them. Because if you thought that, bah, wrong, wrong thinking. Okay, mate, I, I hope you didn't uh, think, well, you know what, I'm pretty emotional emotionally bereft, I, I, no one really loves me, so let's, ha- let's have a kid so that someone loves me and then I'll feel completed. Bah, again, that's, that's not the reason we have children, all right? And that's not the reason God created you. He didn't create us to obey Him because He needed someone to do what He says. He didn't create us to serve Him because He didn't have enough angels or minions or whatever you want to, you know. He didn't, he didn't create you because He was lonely, and he needed someone to love him, or he didn't create you and I because he needs someone to worship him. He is happy before he created us. He created us because he wanted to love us. He wanted to be in relationship with us. So first, the first thing we've got to understand, being a Christian, and you might have heard this said before, but being Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. It's a relationship with the God who created you and I. Now, people will try and make it a religion. They'll try and make it about rules and regulations, and that's human nature to try and do that. But that's not the reality. A, A relationship with God is what Christianity is all about. His call for each one of us is to live in his love. In Jude chapter 1 verse 1. This letter is from Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ, a brother of James. Just so you know, by the way, when you get to heaven, if you meet a dude called Jude, okay, uh, and you're like, oh, I didn't know, who are you, Jude? In the, just one of the small little books in the Bible, just, just in case you get embarrassed when you get to heaven. He actually was Jesus' half-brother brother of James, but when he writes and introduces himself, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. Fair bit of peer pressure on Jude growing up. If only you could be more like your brother. A little bit of pressure. But anyway, that's, that's by the by. I'm writing to you all who are called to live in the love of God the Father and in the care of Jesus Christ. You're called to live in the love of God. This changes everything. If my first purpose is not about success and achievement or serving or giving or doing, but it's actually living in a relationship with God, that makes everything different. That's what God's longing for you and I to accept. Uh, Now, what kind of relationship am I created to live in? That's a great question. Uh, you're You're created to live in a relationship with God where you are his son or his daughter. This is, this is how God created us. 1 John 3 verse 7. What an incredible quality of love the Father has shown to us that we should be named and counted and called children of God. 
and so we are. We are children of God. This is, this, is the, the, this is the most awesome news. My number one purpose is not to accomplish something. It's not to make something of myself. It's not for you to make a lot of money. It's not for you to be famous. It's not for you to have a lot of fun. They're all bonus things. The number one purpose in my life is to have this incredible relationship with my Father in heaven you to have a relationship with our father in heaven the, the the bible word father the middle eastern word father was actually abba spelled a double b a abba not the swedish rock band okay just in case. have we got any abba fans in the room here right now okay we've got a few we've got any abba fans online just in the chat just go in there I, i'm an abba fan i'm married to a massive abba fan so much so that at, for her 30th birthday for Danielle, we had an ABBA party, all right? And so I managed to find an old photo from the ABBA party, and I thought we might throw it up on the screen just, just to sort of show people uh, what, we, what, what these ABBA lovers really look like. You know, th- th- now right there, is, that's what you do for love, right there. You, you go for the ABBA party. So Mamma Mia, that was me, all right. But that, that, the, the Bible word Abba, okay, I'll, I'll call it Abba, but not Abba, but the Bible word Abba means father. It, was, it literally meant daddy. It's what a little, little kid would say, oh, Abba, Abba, Papa, Papa, Daddy. And Jesus blew away the religious people when he called God, who they saw as the revered distant one, he said, Abba. He's my papa. He's my daddy. He's the, he's the one I love, the one I love. That's the kind of relationship that God wants with you and I. Now, now for some of us, that's a, that's a bit easier to comprehend because of our relationship with our dads. And I'm one of those. I'm, I'm blessed. I, when I think of my dad, uh, I smile. My dad was, was a, a gentle humble, encouraging, warm, uh, you know, hugging kind of dad. And that was a great match uh, for, my, for my love languages. I would, he, we grew up on the farm. And so when we moved to the Big Smoke, Toowoomba was the Big Smoke, if you grew up on the farm, uh, which is a kind of a country town, we would literally walk down the street and my dad would say hi to everybody because he was a farmer. That's what you did because you only saw three people in the street. So hi. Hi. I'm like, okay, Dad, we've got to keep moving right now. But that was just my father's nature. He was warm and encouraging. So for me to imagine a God who loves me and is, is warm and encouraging has been, it's not a big leap because my father modeled that. Now, for some of us in the room, uh, when you hear the idea that God is like a father, that that's a bit, that's actually can be repulsive. That can be painful. And that's why God places us in a family of the church because if, if your dad was not a good representation of God, whether he was absent or abusive or, or just harsh towards you, then he wants to put you with people who can demonstrate his love, not in a perfect way because only God's perfect, but can demonstrate his love because he is a perfect father, a perfect father. Now, if we got this, not just at our head level, you know, like, yeah, Jesus loves me, this I know, yep, the Bible tells me so, I got it. Uh, and not, not just at a head level, but if every day you and I woke up and were thinking this thought, my father delights in me. He's thinking about me. He, I love this thought, before the earth was created, God loved you. When you were being formed in your mother's womb, he loved you. When you breathed your first breath and you cried your first cry, he loved you. Uh, Throughout your life, when you laughed, when you were celebrated, when you had moments of joy, 
He loved you. When you experience sadness, disappointment, trauma, grief, he bottled your tears and he loved you. The Bible tells, me, tells us that there's nothing in the universe that can separate us from the love that he has for us. If we, if we woke up in the morning and just as we got out of bed, we began to think about how much God loves us, it would change everything. As you went to have a shower and wake up in the morning, if your thoughts, if you could sense the love of God, it would change everything. If you, if you went into your day thinking about God's love and right throughout the whole day, realize my first purpose on the planet is to be loved by God. That's, that's actually why I exist, to receive and to experience his love. It would change everything. Now you might say today, well, I've, I've never experienced that kind of love or that love. How do we know that he's real? How do we know that his love is real? Well, right now, wherever you're sitting, in your home, in a lounge room, on site here in this room, right now there are sound waves traveling through your body from a frequency of a radio station that you can't see. You don't know they're there. You can't feel them, but they're real because they're traveling through the atmosphere. There are pictures traveling through the atmosphere right now that are television uh, signals carrying colored pictures and they're literally going through the atmosphere in this room right now but you and I can't see them. And God's love is just like that. See, the only way you receive the radio sequence uh, frequency, the only way we receive the television picture is if we've got a receiver. When you get born again, you, you get a new spirit and it's a receiver from God. And the key, one of the, the, the lifetime lessons that all of us have to go on is how do I tune in to my Father's love? How do I tune in? It's always there. It doesn't change. He's trying to get our attention, but how do I tune in to his love? It's there all the time. You might not see it, but it's there. It reminds me of the, of in the 60s when the Russians first got an astronaut into space. The Russian, the, the, they came back and the, they had this big press conference. And the very first thing they asked him, did you see God in outer space? And the Russian astronaut said, no, we didn't see God. So they're like, Great discovery, they heralded it to everybody. God doesn't exist because we didn't see him in outer space. Not long afterwards, the Americans got into space and, and one of them came back and the fourth question they asked is, when you got into space, did you see God? And the, the astronaut answered, well, if I jumped out of my space suit, I would have seen him because I would have gone straight anyway. Okay, that's a, that's true, that's a true story. Just because you can't see the love of God doesn't mean it's not real. He's, it's real. He's real. We just have to learn to tune in to his love. We're called to live in the love of God. It changes everything. I want us uh, this morning to talk about some things that would change if we, were, if we were, are living our life with the purpose to love God. Some things that would change. Okay, five things. I'll see if I can get through them this morning. That will, that will be part of my life story once I'm living in the receiving the love. I'm called to be loved by God. The first one is this. I will feel accepted rather than ashamed. I'll feel accepted. If I, if I know I'm called to be loved, I'll feel accepted rather than, rather than ashamed. Most people go through our life trying to avoid God. 
The reason we do it is because we're ashamed. We have an internal knowing that we don't measure up to God's standard. You, you don't need somebody to tell you that. It's deep written on our heart. I don't measure up to God's standard. And so we feel guilty. We, we feel condemned. We feel judged. We try and deal with it. We get prickly if somebody uh, kind of accuses us of the, of the wrong thing. And, and I've heard people say, why would I go to church? I already feel bad enough. And maybe because of some of the experiences they've had, I don't want to go to church to be told that I'm guilty. I already know that I'm guilty. Uh, Amy's story a little earlier of thinking, I'm just going to be judged when I get to church. What's, what's the story? That's, that's this inbuilt thing that I know I'm guilty and I need help. Uh, some people go, I don't want to hang out with a perfect God who's just simply going to remi- remind me of all the ways that I've failed. But th- those people have never met Jesus. Because when people met Jesus, who was the incarnate of God himself, who showed us what God's like, sinners flocked to him. They loved being around him. They didn't feel judged. They felt hope. They felt a radiating love coming from Jesus in spite of their past, their, their, their inappropriate lifestyle, the, the things that, were, that, that they felt awkward about whenever they went either religious. They didn't feel that. But when they got to Jesus, they just felt love. Jesus said it like this, I didn't come to condemn the world. The world's already condemned and knows it. He said, I came to save the world. You might be here today and you braved coming into into the building. You braved switching on online, wondering what would people do if they knew what my past was? What would God think if he knew? Hey, here's the news. He already knows and he loves you in spite of it. It's awesome. When we turn our heart to Jesus, we receive the forgiveness that he came to give us. He, all our sins, all our mistakes, all of our past is erased by the most powerful substance on the planet. The perfect substitutional blood of Jesus Christ washes our sin away and we can stand before God holy. Holy before God. I love this, Romans 5 verse 1. By faith, we have been made acceptable to God and now because of our Lord Jesus Christ, we live at peace with God. That's awesome. So that's number one. I'm called to be loved by God. If I am, I'll feel accepted rather than ashamed. I want to tell somebody here today you're accepted. I want to tell somebody here today, it doesn't matter what, people have spoken over your life over the years that you don't measure up, that you're a disgrace, that you're ashamed. Whatever's been said today, I want you to hear from your Father in heaven. I'm delighted in you. I love you. You're accepted. You belong. That's the first thing. I'm loved. The second one is this. Okay, if I know that I'm called to be loved as my first purpose, then I'm bold in bringing my needs to God. I'm bold in bringing my needs. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 and 15 says this, All who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you should not be like cowering, fearful slaves. You should behave instead like God's very own children adopted into his family that's us calling him father dear father that's that word Abba and since we are his children we share in his treasures for everything God gives to his son Jesus is ours too oh this this is great news this is great news see see when I don't know some of you who are parents you'll get this when my kids wanted, as little kids and even growing up, when they wanted stuff, they, they don't go, oh, wonderful dad, oh, amazing father, I'm not worthy to come into your presence. 
the the great benefactor of the Pierce tribe. Uh, Hallowed be your name. We're not worthy. And in fact, I can't even ask for anything because all you provide for us with a roof over our head and a bed to sleep on and three square meals a, a, a day. It's unbelievable. I couldn't ask for anything else. I don't know if you've got kids like that, but I don't have kids like that. They don't pray fancy prayers. They're like, Dad, I need cash. Right, come on, who's with me? Right, Dad, I need cash. Or as they got older, Dad, can I take the car? Dad, can I, Dad, you know, and then, and then they'll go something like this because they know Dad's a pastor, so they'll quote scripture. Dad, you know the Bible says don't spare the rod. I want to borrow your hot rod right now. Come on. Come on, that's pretty good. That's not too bad. But then my response is like, has been like this when they were long hair and unkept. I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know kids, get a haircut. And, then, and get a, you just get a haircut, clean up, and then, then, oh, oh, then you can borrow the car. And they're like, well, Jesus had long hair and a beard. And, he, and, he, and I'm like, yeah, but Jesus walked everywhere. Oh, come on, not bad, not bad. Anyway, okay, sorry, just... Little repertoire I'm bringing out there for you this morning. Okay, I'm bold to bring my needs to God. If I, if He's my Father, if He's my Father, then the Bible says I can enter into His presence boldly with confidence, receiving mercy and grace to help in my time of need. God, come on, somebody needs to pray this prayer this week. Father, I need a job. He's like, oh, thanks for being clear about it. Father, uh, I, I need some healing. Uh, I'm confident you, you can do anything. It's, it's within your capacity. And so I'm bold and not like apologetic. I'm not like, okay, Lord, I know you've got a lot on your plate. My kids never said, Dad, I know work's really full on for you. Man, you must have a lot of things going in your mind. So I'm not going to bother you with my little requests. No. It's like, Dad. Dad, there you are. Awesome. You've got what I need, so I'm asking, especially when they're they're little kids, you've got everything I need, and I'm asking with confidence. That's the kind of relationship your Father in heaven wants you to have with him. Dad, I need your help. Dad, I need some cash. Dad, help me approach his throne. That's number two. If I know I'm called to be loved, I'm bold in bringing my needs to God. Number three, if I know that my first call is to be loved by my Father in heaven, then I will have peace in pain that I don't understand. I'll have peace in pain that I don't understand. All of us are going to go and have a lot of things happen in our lives that we don't get. We're going to ask the why questions in life. Why is this happening to me? Why now? Why here? Why this? Why is this happening in the world? Why? And they're all legitimate questions for us to ask. There are many things that we will never understand this side of eternity. And God actually doesn't owe us an explanation so that we understand everything that happens. I will say this, that not everything that happens is God's will. God hates evil. And there's a lot of evil that's done in the world. And often the consequence of that evil is pain in our lives. Now, God could easily take away evil. He could. But the only way he could do it is by taking away your choice to do good or evil. And then we'd be puppets. Then we'd be robots. 
then we'd have no capacity to love in return because we could only do what he made us do if he took away the freedom to choose. So God, rather than taking away our freedom to choose and therefore evil with it, what he does, he says, I've created you for love and relationship, so I'm going to try and help you and help you be an answer to the evil. All of us are going to go through life and experience a lot of things that we don't understand. Losses we don't understand, hurts we don't understand, rejection we don't understand, problems we don't understand. Uh, But here's the thing, sometimes even if you understand why something's happened, it doesn't give you peace. If, if I was to lose someone and they died and, and I was feeling lost, if someone said, oh, this is why they died, I'm not going to feel any happier because I've still got that feeling of loss. Explanations don't comfort us. What we need is not explanations or understanding. We, we need God's presence. We need comfort. We need a comforter. Philippians 4 verse 7 says this, The peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. There is a, because we have a father who loves us, a father, if that's my frame of reference, my father loves me, and he's going to walk through every difficult circumstance that happens that he doesn't cause necessarily, but all, if, he, if I walk through the valley of the shadow of evil, the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. When I, when I get that, I remember the morning I, I woke up in Perth to preach in a, a church we were there in and I began to experience a supernatural presence that was unusual. I mean, I experienced God's presence, but it was incredibly strong and I began to experience it and I wondered why and it was, my phone started ringing and I, began, I ignored the phone because I was just having such a great time enjoying God's love and His, his peace and presence and eventually I answered it and I found out that my mum had suddenly passed away unexpectedly. And I realized that in this moment, God knew what had happened and he was, he was presencing himself with me. And I didn't understand why. I didn't understand the timing. I didn't understand why there was no one with her when she passed away. All those questions that I would have. But what helped me is that my father who loves me was with me. And there's this supernatural peace that God gives us at times where you... I've heard people say... I'm in a really difficult season and circumstance, but I've just got a peace. I've just got a peace about it. It's going to be okay. The peace comes from the fact that you're loved by God. The peace comes from the fact that God himself has called you to be loved and he's walking with you. We're called to be loved and that helps us have peace even when we don't understand. Uh, Number four is this. If I know I'm called to be loved, I gain the courage to take risks. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. There's, when when uh, love comes through the front door of your life, fear goes out the back door of your life because they can't coexist. And if I know God loves me, that means I've got confidence and I'm actually okay with failing and having a go. Because failing doesn't define me. The love he has for me defines me. Last one as we wrap it up here is this. If I know my first purpose is that I'm called to be loved, then I will worship instead of worry. I will worship instead of worry. Uh, 1 John 4:19, you love because God first loved us. Matthew 6:33-34, don't worry about having enough food or drink or clothing. 
He will give you all you need from day to day if you live for Him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow tomorrow will have its own worries. Don't be anxious for nothing. How can I be anxious for nothing? Because we have a Father in heaven who knows exactly what we need and He loves us. And if my first priority is to be, in my calling is to be loved by Him, then I can trust Him. How do I know that I'm not living in God's love. I'm worrying. That's how I know. Because if I'm, I have an overwhelming confidence that He's with me and He's not going to let evil happen to me, and He's going to walk through me and He's going to be, then I, I don't need to worry. It, when I worry, I'm starting to act like an atheist. It's all up to me. But it's not all up to me. I've got a, I've got a father. You've got a father who loves you. And He'll walk with you and He'll be present with us in every moment of our lives. Can we close our eyes right across this room right now? I I want us over this next week, every day when we wake up, as often as we can to turn our thoughts to the first calling that we have. We are called to be loved by God. And worship and a life of response to Him is just responding because He first loved us. So Father, I'm asking that in this room and in every room online, every home, I pray for every heart right now that feels distant from you, that your peace will come, your presence will come, that we will experience your love. be able to enjoy your love. Father, where there's anxious thoughts are bombarding people, I pray right now that they'll go and they'll be replaced by perfect love that casts out all fear. Father, those who are walking through circumstances that they don't understand, difficult circumstances, genuinely difficult circumstances family loss job loss insecurities separation from loved ones sickness and unknown issues of health business pressures Lord I pray that in all of those things that we don't understand your love will come into our hearts and a peace will guard our minds because you love us. Wash over us right now, I pray. Wash over us right now. It's going to be okay. You're going to walk with us. In Jesus' name. Right now, I'm going to release our onliners uh, back to Pastor Teresa. Pastor Teresa.